Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Music can only mean one thing. It is the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. So it's been an interesting week for both of us. Uh, a short film that we both worked on uh, came out yesterday. Officially, the world premiere at the Kite Film Festival in Destin, Florida. And Derek was actually in attendance. So Derek, tell me all about it because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. Yeah, so we it premiered at the Kite Film Festival, which was held at Club LA out in Destin, which is about an hour and a half drive from from where I live. But you know, Destin is a beautiful place. It's always fun to go to, and one of the uh, this, UFO capitals of the world. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, this was actually my first film festival that I had ever attended. Really? So I was so I was really excited, and Servi was one of the first films that premiered, and. The way they did it, it wasn't what I expected. I expected, you know, like somebody from each movie to come up and say like maybe a brief something about it. But literally, like once they did the intro, they just started rolling them out and they would just play them one after another, which saved on time. So I'll I'll give them that. But Servi was, I think, the fourth film uh, that was shown. And, you know, as soon as as soon as survey came up, like the title came up, all of us who were sitting together just started yelling. <laughs> and uh, it, it was really, really cool to see the the color correction uh, from you know because I had only seen the the version before that doing the sound editing because uh, Kevin, who did the 
the director of photography was doing the color correction. So yeah. I didn't see that at all until this film festival and it looked great. Yeah. I got to say um, the, the original version that I saw was, I mean, it was before music before uh, the, you know, color correction before any sound effects. So I saw just the raw film um, mm -hmm. edited and I was like, this is going to be great, but it does lack something, you know, that when there's no music or, or sound effects, but then uh, Steve sent us the link a little while ago to actually watch the finished uh, product that was shown last night. And me and my wife watched it and we're blown away. My wife loves it. It's the, I'll say it's the almost complete version. Cause yeah, I've yeah. still got some more sound editing I've got to do before we release it like publicly. Yeah. But, but it's, you know, 90, 95% done, but either way it, it was, it was really cool to see on a giant screen and, you know, seeing other films as well with other people that I know, uh, it's cool to see like all the hard work pay off. Yeah. But it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I really enjoy it. I want to go to another film festival. Oh, I love going to film festivals. We got to actually, we got a couple more uh, for Monsters coming up next year, early next year. And um, I, I plan on getting to as many of them as possible, uh, especially there's one going to be in New Jersey around April. Uh, I'm going to go up there and, and stay with our friend uh, Joey Image while I'm up there. And um, nice. hang out, maybe go do the uh, the View Askew tour where I go to Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, maybe go to the... Uh, the quick stop, uh, do all those sorts of things. And, uh, hopefully, uh, I sent, um, Steve, um, to, uh, that festival also for him to submit survey. So that'd be great if I had two movies that I was in, in the same film festival and have Steve there with me if he was able to go. Absolutely. And, and one more thing I did want to throw out there is that Survey actually won two awards. I know. It's at the awesome. Kite Film Festival. It won the Audience Award, which was voted on by all the attendees that were at the film festival. And then um, it also won for costume design. That's so great. So it, it was an awesome night. And huge it was, congratulations to uh, LaVon French, who did the costume for Survey. She worked her butt off for that movie. Yes, she did. Now I will say I did get a little teary eyed when when Vilker died. Spoilers for those Spoilers. who haven't seen it. Yeah, but no, it was it, it was really cool to see. It was fun. It, it was a lot of fun. After we watched it, I, I me and my wife were talking about it. And I was like, so it wasn't too like over the top or anything, was it? She was like, no, actually, for a moment, I forgot it was you. I was like, that's like <laughs> the best compliment I could ever get. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, there was one more thing I was going to say about the movie. I can't remember what it was. I'm sure I'll remember it at some other point, but no, it was, it was really cool. It, it was really fun to, to see, you know, and seeing like, I enjoyed just as much seeing like the, the cast reactions to it. Cause some of them hadn't seen anything yeah. from the movie, mm -hmm. like at all. It's really awesome when, uh, your film plays and it gets a great audience reaction. Um, it's just like, like for monsters, you know, like having people laugh at just the, you know, just the right moments. And, you know, some of the jokes even get drowned out because people are laughing at a joke that had come before. And, you know, when the movie's over and everybody's cheering and it just like, 
it's just that such a good feeling. Yeah. Well, in, in closing, I did want to say there is the only regret that I have from Servi is that you and I did not get to be on set together. Yeah, uh, it was a two day shoot and I was there for the first day and I actually had a body double for the second day because uh, I didn't want to have to cost the uh, the production any more money for having to stay a second day. They would have had to have me a hotel room and food and all that stuff. So. I went ahead and and left the the production after the after my stuff was done because the rest of my stuff um was very easily done by Dezo Faulkner because we look almost exactly alike. Cuz I I think I've told this story before but I I wasn't able to work day 1 because of work. So when I got on set for day 2, when I saw Dezo for a split second, I thought he was you. <laughs> like I saw him from the side. I was like, oh, there's Jason. Then he turns around. I was like, you're not Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to be great if I ever have my acting career like take off. I, I come with a body double. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's I'm uh, sure he'd be willing to go along for the ride. And yeah, he can do all my fight scenes, too, because he's uh, you know, he he trains in like all kinds of martial arts and everything. So I never have to lift a finger. I just got to look good. <laughs> all you have to do is talk and then he'll make you look like a badass. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Um, but yeah, the, uh, if, if you can go to, uh, it, it's at survey film on Twitter and, uh, just look up, uh, survey film on Facebook S U R V I. If you want to keep up with everything and, uh, hopefully it'll be playing in a town near you. Hopefully so. But uh, I only have one news story for this week, so let's go ahead and roll into that. From NintendoLife.com, Nintendo isn't ready to talk about any more classic console releases. Uh, The NES Classic Mini and SNES Classic Mini have been enormous successes for Nintendo and have opened up another valuable revenue stream for the firm in what has been a bumper period for profits. Uh, and what they said, they told, uh, during a recent interview with CNN, uh, Reggie Philame and his response was predictable, predictably vague about, uh, when being asked if they were going to do any more future retro consoles, he said, we'll have to do another interview sometime in the future where we can talk about that. But certainly we recognize that our, cus- our consumers love all of this great legacy content. Um, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, they filed for, um, I think, uh, another copyright and um, they registered some things for uh, Game Boy. So everybody started speculating if there was going to be a Game Boy classic coming out. Uh, we, you know, we don't need to go through it again. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's just them um, regis- re-registering their stuff just to cover all their bases. But if there's going to be another... Um, retro console i think it's going to be the nintendo 64 but i don't think it's coming anytime soon i give it at least another two years before it comes out yeah i know we talked about with the game boy i think the route to to go with that would be like a mobile game package yeah exactly like you you release it as an app and you just call it game boy classic and maybe it comes with you know, a layout where your phone looks like a Game Boy and you actually have to hit, you know, the control pad, like that specific section of your phone to make your character move. And then you can do like 20 games on 
you know, the, the app. And then if it works and it sells well, then a year later you add another batch to it. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, I mean, the, I, I just got the switch a few weeks or last week. I'm in love with the switch. If I want to play classic, um, you know, Game Boy games, why not just put them out as a bundle on the eShop for the switch? I mean, that would be, you know, <laughs> that would make more sense to me. That also kind of goes in the area of what do you release on the eShop to not interfere with your classic console sales. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I think that the next one will be the N64. I could see them maybe skipping a year, maybe not do one for 2018, but I, I could see as soon as 2019 we'll get an N64 yeah. classic. Either that or we'll get the um, we'll get an announcement like maybe mid 2019 and then it'll come out that Christmas season because you could technically say that's the t like the no, no I wouldn't say the 20 that'd be like the 24th anniversary because it was 96 when it came out I don't know I would think they would save that for the 25th anniversary but that's pushing it to 2021 so I don't think they would wait that long but no. I do think it's way too soon to put out an N64 classic well, and also you got to think next year they're re-releasing the NES during the summer, so that could yeah. be like their their big classic thing is yeah. they're they're re-releasing it. Um, and plus, with the N sixty four, I don't know if, one how many games they would be able to put on it, and two, what games they would be able to release because you have games like you know Banjo Kazooie or Conker's Bad Fur Day that were made by Rare who works primarily with Microsoft now, would they be willing to fork over the money to do those games? Yeah. Well, not only that, but I just don't think that people have the nostalgia for the N64 like they do for the Nintendo, uh, the NES, or the Super Nintendo. I mean, don't get I me would wrong. agree with that. It's a great console, but it just didn't... I don't know. It, it didn't have the success that the originals did. So yeah, I just don't know. I, I think it's not economically feasible for them at this point to make that hardware. And like you said, to, to license all those games, because when you think about it, most of the great games for the N64 were not first party titles. And I'm, I'm yeah. talking about things like, you know, Rebel Assault, um, stuff like that. You know, th like Banjo-Kazooie, none of those were Nintendo titles. Those were all, you know, rare LucasArts, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that would be a tricky one, but I, we'll hear something about it within the next year or so yeah. that they're going to do it. It's just what they'll put on it. Yeah, I, I mean, we're going to get it eventually. Uh, that's a given, but I just don't think it's anytime soon. That's just my opinion. No, I, I don't disagree with that. But let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. On November 12th of 1980, Stern Electronics releases Berserk with designers out with designer Alec McNeil's signature on the monitor glass of each cabinet. Do you remember Berserk? That was actually one of my favorite games for the uh, the Atari 2600. I've actually never heard of this game. Really? Uh, Berserk was a huge title back in the day. And that, that floating uh, happy face always scared the hell out of me as a kid. 
There was a floating happy face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the arcade version, it was a little more fleshed out. But on the Atari 2600, it was just this uh, floating happy face that would come across the screen and scare the living crap out of me. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Berserk was a great game. I really think they could do a Berserk-style game today, kind of building on what, you know, the story of Berserk and make it... Because it did kind of have a feel of, like, you know, it was a the granddaddy of, like, Metroid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would have to... I'd have to do a little bit more research on it, but... It's funny because when you mentioned Berserk, I thought of the um, – do you remember from the movie Clerks with that Russian guy saying the metal song Berserker? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought of. My love for Bers- you is like a truck berserker. Berserker. <laughs> uh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, in November of 1980, Namco releases Rally X, the first game with a bonus round. It also features multi-directional scrolling. So Rally uh, X was the racing game? Let me look this up real quick. That's what it looks like. That's kind of crazy that it, it introduced the concept of the bonus round because you think of so many games that have implemented that. You know, I ones that come off to mind are the the bonus round from um, Super Mario World after you get 100 stars. Yeah. After hitting the checkpoint and you have to try and get the, you know, do tic-tac-toe with all the power-ups. I remember Rally X. This, yeah, I played this many times. I actually have memories of playing this on the uh, the cocktail machine at the the local Pizza Hut when I was a kid. You know, there was a um, there's a pizza place. I don't know if it's still open. It's called Pizza Pro in Bruton, Alabama, which is like 30 miles from where I grew up, and. As recent as like three or four years ago, they still had those types of tables. Really? I love mm-hmm. cocktail machines. I want to have one. I don't care what kind it is. Mostly I want Miss um, Pac-Man. I would love to have a Miss Pac-Man cocktail machine. I'd love to have a Donkey Kong one. Oh, that'd be good too. Well, speaking also- of that, there's there's a moment in Mario Odyssey where you do like a like a 2D like you sometimes go into 2D mode. I've heard of this. <laughs> and there there's a level in um in Mario Odyssey that's that brings you back to the Donkey Kong game. And I'm not going to lie, it made me a little teary-eyed. Wow. I that's my next purchase. I'm going to buy that at Christmas. Super Mario Odyssey. It's it's so good. It's I, so so good. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm playing Zelda right now and I just uh got my first um what is it? What do they call them? The uh, the four the, big the divine beasts. Yeah, the divine beast. I just got my first divine beast last night. Which one did you beat? Uh, the elephant water thing. Uh, that was the first one I did too. Yeah. Yeah that that game's so fun. It's so good. I can't believe how good that game is. But we uh, we'll <laughs> we have to do an extra special episode just talking about that game. We should. I mean, I'll I'll be all for it because I've been wanting it. to get back into it because they're supposed to release some extra DLC that adds to the story by the end of the year. I know I saw in there last night on the eShop saying there was there was DLC coming. I'm like I'm not even done with the game yet. <laughs> uh, mm, damn it, Nintendo, <laughs> you got me. You got me by the short curlies. <laughs> that's what they do. 
And also to round out November of 1980, Universal releases Space Panic, often cited as the first platform game, though the term was still several years in the future. Uh, I don't remember this game at all. This actually it looks too much like Donkey Kong to me. That's exactly what I was thinking. As soon as I pulled this up, it well, it even says it predates Donkey Kong. Really? Because so, Donkey Kong so, came out like in what, like late seventies? Donkey Kong was eighty one. Eighty one. Wow. And you can definitely see the similarities. So maybe, maybe Donkey Kong took some influence from this. <laughs> Probably. My, I mean, a lot of the it was a lot of the same programmers back then too. That's true. Uh, November 1st, 1986, Sega releases Alex Kidd in Miracle World. It is the first game in the Alex Kidd series created for this character and the most popular of all Alex Kidd games. Um, I, I vaguely remember the name, but I never played this game. Well, I remember Alex Kidd was kind of the mascot of Sega before um, Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog came around. Uh, they were trying to make Alex Kidd into sort of like a uh, you know a Mario type character, but it just never really took off. I'm reading about the plot, and it it does sound kind of intriguing. And of course, it's a platform game, so it it would be something that would be up my alley. Yeah, I'll have to look up gameplay on this. Uh, I remember them talking about this on uh, the video game years. Have you had a chance to watch that yet on Amazon? Uh, watch what? Uh, the video game years on Amazon. I have not yet. Ooh, there's there's so that. much I'm far behind on. <laughs> that should be that should be something you should really uh, make a point to watch over the holidays. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Oh, trust me, I've got a list. <laughs> uh, and also of November of 1992, Accolade releases Star Control 2. Uh, which was a science fiction video game sequel to Star Control. It was developed by Toys for Bob and originally published by Accolade in 1992. Um, I don't remember this at all. I don't either, but I love the name Toys for Bob. I was just about to say that. It's like the greatest <laughs> developer name ever. <laughs> Toys you for work Bob. For? Oh, Toys for Bob. Who do you work for? Toys for Bob. <laughs> all right, what do they do? Right. Make Toys for you Bob. Well, we work for this guy named Bob, and he likes toys. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, but no, I've, I've never heard of this game either. But to round out our This Month in Video Game History, on November 21st, 1992, Sega publishes Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Mega Drive slash Genesis, and also Master System and Game Gear. 
The game introduces Sonic's signature ability, the Spin Dash, Supersonic, and Sonic sidekick Miles Tails Prower. Now, I won't go too much into this because this is actually going to be my review for next week. Oh, really? Yes, but I will say it's it's a perfect example of one of those concepts that I talked about it, I think, with... Um, I talked about it with some other game that I'm for some reason blanking on, but oh, it was Crash Bandicoot 2. Oh, it yeah. took it took all the elements from the first game and made it better. Hmm. I've never played any of the Sonic games other than Sonic 1, so I would really like to go back and play these because I do find Sonic to be really fun. I just, like I said before, many times on this show, I just never got into the Genesis back then. Yeah, I I like the Sonic games, but that was really the only reason that I had a Genesis yeah. was to play all of those. And you know, the the 2D games are great. You know, the original Sonics are some of the most fun, entertaining games to play because it's for the most part just mindless running. Yeah. But it it's it's a good thing. But I'll definitely get more into it next week. Awesome. Well, um before we go into our review for tonight, Derek, have you been listening to anything on Audible? I have. So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. As we record the show, I'm about halfway through The Legends of Luke Skywalker. That's what I was going to ask which, you about. <laughs> which I, I told you about the, the concept of it, it, with it not exactly being what we thought it would be. But I'm kind of getting used to it. Okay. and. It's I would still prefer it to be like a story about just Luke doing something. But having these collections of stories is actually kind of interesting because some of it is so like outlandish. It's comical. <laughs> but but then there there are moments that are are really, really cool. Well, I was going to ask you, like, let me know what you think about it. Once you finish it, I, I might go ahead and get it. But there is another book. <clears throat> Star Wars book that came out recently that um, I want to listen to. Uh, it's called From a Certain Point of View. Uh, yes. And it's about, um, it says, in honor of the 40th anniversary, more than 40 contributors lend their vision to this retelling of Star Wars. Each of the 40 short stories reimagines a moment from the original film, but through the eyes of a supporting character. Um, so I, I haven't listened to this yet. It looks really interesting. So if you don't have an audible account and you're interested in this, uh, use our code and go get this for free basically. And you get 15 hours of content with this book. That's another one that's on my list too, because as soon as I found out about it, I was like, this is going to be really good. Yeah. But if you want to check that out, Go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And we're going to be talking about... Punch Out, or actually the version, I, version I'm going to be talking about is Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Uh, originally released in 1987, 
and then, of course, um, a couple of years later, I think in 1989, uh, Nintendo had actually only uh, licensed Mike Tyson for, I think, a two-year contract for uh, Punch-Out!, and they didn't renew it at the end of the two years, so that's why uh, it then changed to just Punch-Out!, Mike Tyson was removed, and Mr. Dream was put in as the the final boxer to take out. And I actually had the original Punch-Out! version when I was a kid, and I still had it up until a few years ago, but I don't know what happened to it. I lost it somewhere in a move, I think. Uh, But just recently, I found a copy of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! at at the the flea market. Uh, It was really good shape. It still had the, the instruction book with it, and I think I paid about 12 bucks for it. So I basically just stole it from the guy. Um, but after I got it, man, I couldn't stop playing it for days. That's one of the most fun games for the NES, and it's definitely a must-have. Um, it was developed... Uh, it, was pro- it was produced uh, by Genyo Takeda... Uh, He did the Punch-Out! arcade games, and he directed the NES version, but because the NES was not as powerful as the arcade software, they had to actually uh, change from the original arcade game, which was, um, it didn't have Little Mac, who in the the Nintendo version, your fighter is named Little Mac, who um, is basically like supposed to be like 17 years old and he's only like 120 pounds or something like that, but you're fighting all these huge fighters. And the reason they did that is because in the original arcade version, the fighter that you play was a wireframe fighter so that you could actually see through your boxer while you're fighting all the, your opponents. But because you couldn't do that on the Nintendo, they actually created Little Mac, who pretty much became a mascot for a long mm-hmm. time for the Nintendo. Um, and I, I, I still think Little Mac should be a mascot for the Nintendo. I still think Punch-Out! games should be produced to this day. And I think they just put one out a few years ago, didn't they? Um, I know one of the most popular things they did uh, in recent memory was for the latest edition of Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, they actually added Little Mac as a character. And a lot of people were really happy about that. Yeah, um, I can't. Re- I don't remember there being a recent punch out. Let me look that up real quick. I thought quick. they put out one for the Wii U, if I'm not mistaken, and they went back to the original wireframe. Uh, uh, let's version. see. There was one for the um, for the Wii. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember it was something like that. Um, I I would buy a Punch-Out! game if they came out with one for the Switch because I was so in love with Punch-Out! when I was a kid playing this game. I mean, from all the, the different boxers that you play, you know, you start out with, um, of course, Glass Joe. He's so easy to beat. And then you move on to My Piston favorite Honda. character from that whole series. Yeah, <laughs> Glass Joe, <laughs> Piston Honda, uh, Bald Bull, who used to just kill the crap out of me when I was a kid. I could never get past Bald Bull. But now, I played this game a few weeks ago when I first bought it. I finally figured him out. Like, I know how to make the count when he starts to charge at you and you punch him in the stomach and it's an instant knockout. Nice. It's awesome. 
But then you have. You also the got other, King Hippo too. Yeah. Oh, King Hippo. Uh, Great Tiger. Uh, my one of my favorites, Soda Popinski, um, and Mr. Sandman, who I have trouble getting past the last few weeks because I'm just not as quick as I used to be when I was a kid. You know, like looking for the little tells because all the all the different fighters they all have a different tell um, before they do you know whatever it is they do. So it's really a game of memorization and um, really just quick reflexes. Yeah. So did you ever uh, play Punch-Out when you were a kid, or was it something that you played kind of later on? Um, for the most part, I I remember briefly playing Punch-Out as a kid, but I never really like got quite into it. I did play it later on. I think I, I'd had it for the for the Wii Virtual Console, um, and then I've watched you know video, of course. Um, this was this was a game that I do wish I had kind of gotten more into, and it was perfect for the time because you know everyone in the world knew who Mike Tyson was. I mean, he was yeah. you know the best fighter in the world, and he was one of those guys that I remember watching him on TV because I spent a lot of time with my uncle as a kid and he was a huge boxing fan back then. Oh yeah. And Mike Tyson and I would was be, a big deal back in the eighties. You know, when I was a kid, that was a huge thing when there was a Mike Tyson fight, like everybody got those pay-per-views. And I remember like, as soon as Mike Tyson would come on TV, I would be like legitimately afraid of him. Yeah. <laughs> like this dude could stop your heart with one punch. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I I remember um you know, he he's one of like the most iconic names in in sports period. Not just in boxing, but he's up there. He's like to me the most known boxer of all time. Like oh, yeah. and even with names, I think he's up there with like the like the Michael Jordan, you know, type of person. Like you you just you hear their name and you instantly know who they are. Oh yeah. And, you know, one of the things about this game is how smooth the controls are. You know, you play in as a little Mac. Uh, you've got, you know, your right and left jab. You got body blows. And the one of the things that uh, is really cool about this game is when you're fighting your, your opponents and sometimes you get a lucky shot in, you'll get a star. And you can use that star to do an uppercut. And a lot of times, if you time that uppercut perfectly, it's an instant knockout. Uh, and an end to the fight. Um, but yeah, the, the controls of this game, you know, you, you play, you're playing little Mac, you're going up through the ranks. Uh, and of course each fight gets harder and harder, uh, the further you go. And I think there's about, I mean, there's like 15 or 16 matches you have to go through maybe a couple more than that. It's around 15 matches you have to go through before you actually get to Mike Tyson or, you know, Mr. Dream, if you're playing regular punch out, um, but once you get to Mike Tyson, um, I've used the code several times to actually get to Mike Tyson. I can't even last the first round, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I never quite made it to Mike Tyson. But I, I can imagine that the fight would not have lasted very long if I did. <laughs> yeah, you, you get you get hit once and you're down, basically, um, if you're lucky. I mean, if you block it, he instantly... Like, uh, sometimes when you run out of stamina as a little Mac, you'll kind of like, uh, you know, he hunches down and he starts breathing really hard. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when that happens, it, you, all you can do is just try to dodge because if you try to block 
he'll just hit you again and you're done and you can't get back up. It's, it's one of the, the hardest, I, I guess you would call it a boss battle. Technically it is. Mm-hmm. And any, any video game for the Nintendo doesn't mean it's not a fun game. You know, this was one of those games that I always popped in, even when I didn't know what I wanted to play, because it's just a fun game to play um, <clears throat> and kind of, you know, it's fun to rise through the ranks and you kind of pull in for little Mac. And I don't know, it's just there's something about that game that just had had that special Nintendo sauce to it. Yeah, it's the perfect game where, you know, like you said, if you don't know, like you want to play a game, but you don't know exactly what you want to play. Yeah. It, it's it's not that complicated to do, and it's just it's got that fun fun feel to it. Yeah, and it does have um, it doesn't have a save feature, but it does have password. Excuse me, uh, a password system. Um, but it's one of the few games that actually has the password system that's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really. It doesn't bother me that much. And plus, you know, it's one of the games that you you can have fun just playing it from the beginning. You know, you don't have to always go back, you know, to where you left off earlier or whatever. Because once you kind of get used to each fighter, you can get to where you were pretty quickly. I mean, if, if you're, you know, I don't know what the speed run numbers are on Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but I think if, if you know, if, if you play this game enough, and you know what each fighter is like, and you have all the timing down, I would think you could get through this entire game in like an hour, maybe. Maybe yeah. less. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. But no, it, it's it's a game, you know, I haven't played this in a long, long, long time, but the memories I do have of it were were good. Yeah. And the coolest thing about this game, uh, let me see, because uh, I was trying to see how many actual bouts there were, but there's a total of 14 opponents, uh, three in the minor circuit, four in the major, six in the world circuit and tight and uh, Mike Tyson slash Mr. Dream. Uh, however, three of the world circuit bouts involve previously defeated opponent opponents with new moves. Uh, and though, um, I remember you have to play bald bull numerous times. Uh, I think Don Flamenco, uh, a number of times and also, um, piston Honda. Uh, and each time that you go back, you know, up through the ranks and you have to fight them again, the next time you fight them, they have a whole different set of special moves and they fight completely different. So it's it's a different experience every time. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't really know what much more I can say about Mike Tyson's punch out other than this is absolutely one of the top 10 best games for the Nintendo. Uh, it's one of the most well-made games. The controls are pretty much perfect. Uh, it's rare to say that about many NES games, but this is one of those games where the controls are so intuitive. Um, they're pretty much perfect. And it's a fun game, and it's a must-have for any Nintendo collector. Like punch out, either punch out or Mike Tyson's punch out, either one or both. If you find both, they're both worth the purchase. Absolutely. And it's one of the most known NES games, I think, of all time. Like it's one of those, you know, you name off your Mario, your Zelda, but I think punch out is 
you know, is right around in that next category of of known Nintendo games. Oh yeah, it it like I said, Little Mac was actually a mascot for a while. You know, he was one of the well-known Nintendo mascots uh, in the late '80s, kind of early '90s. Uh, you'd see Little Mac and you know advertisements and all over Nintendo Power and stuff like that. So he was a pretty big character back then. And I, I think that he still could be if um, if they put out another really good punch out game. I mean, the Switch would be a good console to do it. Yes, it would. I love the Switch, and I you know I talked about it on the Pop Culture Palette. You know, I haven't been this excited about owning a console in a long, long since the Xbox 360. Basically, like I'm excited for what's going to come out in the next few years for the Switch. And I'm so glad I made that purchase. I'm glad you did, too. I'm glad you're uh, now part of the club. Ah, oh, yeah, it's so good. And Zelda, man, if Zelda... I, and I haven't played Mario Odyssey yet. I can't speak for it, but I think Legend of Zelda, if it doesn't get Game of the Year, it's got to come in at least second if, if, Mario, if Mario gets it, which from what I'm hearing from everyone, it's got a good shot of being Game of the Year. It is that good. I, I I beat the I beat the main story mode. Um, I think it was yesterday, and it's really good. Mm, I want to play it's, it. It's it's really really good. We we should do honestly. We should do like an extra episode where, like after you beat the the main campaign of Breath of the Wild, we should do like a full on review for it. Because I'd totally be down because I, I, I wouldn't mind at all going back and playing that game again. I'm down for it. I should be done with it. Hopefully um, I'll have a lot of time to play it over the Thanksgiving holiday. And I'm going to try to finish it by then because, like I said, I want to buy Odyssey for Christmas. And I, I want to go in fresh. I don't want to have anything hanging over my head from Breath of the Wild being like, oh, I haven't finished it yet. I got to go back. No, I want to finish it before I get anything else. No, that's a good strategy. But yeah, um, but going back to punch out for just one moment, uh, out of ten, I'm giving this a solid nine. It, it's almost a perfect game. I like it. But I yeah, like it. um, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get out of here? I did want to plug a couple of things real quick. Go for it. Um, everyone should check out the newest episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. We we did another roundtable. And uh, we did, uh, the subject was pet peeves and things that we hate. It was we so called good. It, we called it the Haters Club. And it's <laughs> myself uh, and a few of my coworkers uh, just sat around. And we did it over Facebook Live, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we just talked about, you know, like I said, pet peeves. And it, it was interesting, like, people bringing up their pet peeves who weren't on the podcast but would comment. And those would lead into whole other discussions and whole other you know, fun stories and everything. So it, it was one of the more fun episodes that I've done in a while. So you can check out, um, if you go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash D diamond podcast, you can watch the video version or you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, all podcasting platforms and, uh, download the audio version. And also I'll be doing a, uh, Facebook live AMA this Tuesday at 7:30 PM central standard time. It was a good episode too. I didn't think anybody else in the world had a uh, a wooden utensil phobia <laughs> like my wife had, and that made me laugh. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I'll have to tell Josh that because I, I, I don't think I've talked to him since we recorded, but he'll get a kick out of that. Dude, if I use a wooden utensil to cook with or anything, she will flip out. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, I've got so many fun press box pranks I can think of. <laughs> uh, but also uh, go check out my other podcast as well, uh, Pop Culture Palette over at, at PCP Show on Twitter and uh, PCPRadio.com. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon supporter of the show, if, if you listen to the Pop Culture Palette, we just recorded this month's extra episode, which I'll be releasing this week. Uh, we did another game show, Do You Know General Movie Trivia? And of course, it was between me and Stephanie, and Wally was the host, and we actually have a new winner this time, because Stephanie is like the reigning champion, and I don't want to spoil it, but I win. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm spoiling it. So go over there, check that out. You can get that for a dollar a month. You can get our extra episodes over there. And if you want to support this show, go help us out over at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Absolutely. But uh, but Derek, um, I think it's time for us to get out of here. What do you say? Sounds good to me. All right, let me pull up our end of show stuff here so I can read it without getting confused. And... If I can find our music, there it is. Uh, if you would like to email us, we're at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're also at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us individually on Twitter at jfuntastic and at Derek underscore diamond. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.